Hi, my name is Eris Omar, and this is Scale Up with Harmony, the podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs who want to scale their business online without sacrificing any aspect of their life. You want to achieve all your lofty business goals, foster beautiful relationships, and then you want to be proud of your health. I'm glad you're here. In this podcast, you'll discover actionable strategies, tactics, and inspiration that you can apply to your unique situation. If this is appealing and exciting to you, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening, and let's get on this journey together. Hello, Darcy. How are you doing today? I am great, Aerith. Thanks for having me. Beautiful. Happy to have you on. So let's get right into it. Tell us who you are, where you're coming from, what's your story. We want to know everything. Oh, boy. Well, how much time you got, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, I'll just start. I'm Darcy, and I am coming in from Bozeman, Montana. I am a life and wellness coach with um, lots of certifications behind me. I'm a group fitness instructor, a yoga therapist, a yoga instructor, a health and wellness coach, and a life coach. Um, I've spent years working in the nonprofit, the environmental nonprofit world, which was a really high achieving, um, hard charging way of working and not getting paid very much. So that was the awesome part, right? So we were just supposed to give ourselves away for the cause and work ourselves down to the bone um, and feel good about it and have that you know, feed our resilience and it didn't work very well. So, so I come to you with, um, this really long lived experience of working towards these really ambitious goals that were a lot of times not even in our control, you know, when it came to the environment, it came to other agencies, it came to partners and that kind of thing and put my heart and soul in it and really burned out a number of times throughout the way. And as I was going along, I was recognizing that my health is my wealth. Like there is nothing more important than my health to my son, to my family, my friends. And so I really started to switch the narrative for me as it was relating to how I was engaging in my work. And more and more and more, I began to spend more time on the yoga mat and more time on my meditation cushion and more time learning about our nervous system and our um, the ways our brain function and respond and receive information and how all of this was so fascinating to me. I decided to ditch conservation work altogether and just invest all my time in healing myself from years of that kind of work and then also sharing what I'm learning with the people around me. And I am, I'm a natural mentor. I'm a natural coach. And so I just leaned into that a hundred percent. Wow. That's a lot for us to unpack right now, but let's go baby step and maybe let's go back to Darcy in, in her teens, Darcy in a younger age, who was Darcy? What are the influences that made you who you um, came out to being? Oh, what a great question. So many things, but I will start with a really, really solid, loving family. My parents, you know, as imperfect as all of our parents can be, right? I feel like I kind of lucked out and I got some parents who really invested in both my brother and I. And, um, and supported me in all the ways in which I needed to be supported. And a lot of times that wasn't easy. So Darcy is a teenager. Woof. You know, um, <laughs> I was an angsty, depressed. Uh, I didn't understand popularity. I didn't understand. I didn't like school. There was this, I was very unhappy in my younger years. And the one thing that actually saved me and grounded me was horses. So it was, it was by chance that someone invited me over to their house. They put me on a horse and that was it. 
that was it for me. I found my happy place. And so my horseback riding, um, it became my world and it became my everything. And, you know, to nothing that my parents had ever thought would be coming into our life. That was the furthest thing. Um, but it ended up being the thing that really grounded me and probably held me, anchored me in a way that was very necessary at that time. But um, it didn't anchor me forever. So when I got out of high school, I have such a colorful history here. I mean, I really did kind of try to do things the hard way. And I didn't go to college right away. I partied super hard. I was deep into the San Francisco rave scene. Um, had a lot of fun. And um, and I'm really, really grateful I know that world. And I'm really, really grateful that I'm not in it again. Because it's just, it's too much. But um, eventually, so all what's what was going on there is I'm just trying to figure myself out. Who am I? Who's this person? And through all these different experiences, I was trying to, I was figuring that out. And I eventually went to college, um, found some good friends, found my place in terms of the conservation and environmental interests. But there was also a deep, deep interest in, um, at, that, at that time, it was called privilege, power, and oppression. And so I was deep into the diversity, equity, inclusion type of work at that time, too. And I was really trying to marry these things that I had but all the while I'm exercising right because I'm just like I had to keep my sanity somehow and that's how I did it you got it a lot to unpack there as well um but I really want to focus on I was taking note here as we're speaking the wellness wellness coach that you're the life coach for somebody like me who's more of a rational numbers type person can you make it make sense we will with what does a life or wellness coach help? What problem do you solve, and for who? Yes. So, gosh. So, as as a life and wellness coach, I really am focusing with you know on people who are in their midlives, and that is you know between roughly early you know late thirties, early forties into the mid sixties. And I call this the second adulthood. And the reason I call it that is because we are, we get the chance to not be old yet, but we're not young anymore. And we've kind of moved into this different stage, which is the second adulthood. And what can happen there is we're in this in-between stage of finding ourselves and figuring out who we are. And now we we got, we've got it, right? We've got our life experience behind us. We've got all the ways, like just I sh like I shared with you, I have all my history behind me that's shaped me into who I am today. And I know myself. And, but I'm not old yet. I'm so far away from retiring, right? So I still got, I mean, hopefully, you know, 20, 30 years ahead of me before I'm calling it quits. So what I help people with is, re-establishing where you are right now in your values. What are the values that you hold like to be true for you? And are you living into those values, which then leads you into, you know, what's your purpose right now? And the reason this is important in our midlives is we can live fully with our lessons learned behind us and and feed us into the ways in which we want to be in the world now. So there's almost a level of fearlessness that we can embrace as we move on. So you talked about, you mentioned midlife, you mentioned transition, essentially. Somebody told me, I don't know if it's true or not, that at least for male men, the peak of their life is in the mid forties or something like that. How would you, from a, a coaching or maybe an experience standpoint as well, what would you say to somebody who is in midlife, you know, successful with their business and really not trying to change, right? Not trying to change, trying to keep what I call sanity or balance or harmony, however you want to call it. What are some of the signs rather that 
indicating that, okay, you've been doing that for the past 10, 20, maybe 30 years running your business, go and go and go, go. Here is a sign that maybe you want to recalibrate your values or you, you, yeah. you mentioned values, you mentioned purpose. Yeah. Just essentially what I'm trying to get out of you is I'm still ambitious. I'm, I'm in my mid uh, midlife. I still want to take over the world. But what are the things that I should be listening to now that I'm in my, let's just say, 50, 40s that I did not listen or did not pay attention to when I was in my mid-20s, for example? Sure, sure. So basically what I'm hearing from you is what lessons do you want to be sure that you are paying attention to that maybe you missed when you were younger? Maybe that, yeah, that's one half of the question. The other half is what should I let go versus what should I pursue as far gotcha. as as far as my life, my ambition, my day-to-day, my wellness, so to speak. Yeah. Well, one of the quite one of the there's a few signs, right? So I'll just start with that. So because what I talk about a lot is being in alignment. And so and what we're talking about here, if we want to put it in a nutshell, is when we're out of alignment, there'll be some signs that you know you want to pay attention to. And one of them is if you're telling yourself, I just need to get through today. And it'll it'll be I'll I'll feel better. I just need to get through today, or I just need to get through this next month. I can see all the work ahead of me, and I can see I, I'll just be okay at the end of this month. And it goes on and on, right? Because I I've, I've done that. I'll be okay at the end of this quarter. I'll be okay at the end. And I had friends and family who were like, "Man, you've been saying that for years," you know. And so that's a sign. So if you're looking forward to the day being over instead of living the day, that's something. If you're a little bit short with your staff or your partners, if you're losing patience, that's a sign that something's up. If your energy is low when it comes to thinking about what it is you're working on, that's a sign that something's out of alignment. Um, the other thing to look for also, and I see this in a couple of my clients, there's this, um, there's a peak of work that's taking place. It's like, go, 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 hard, hard, hard. And then there's a crash. And that crash can be, you know, not very pleasant. And it can be short or it can be long, but there's a crash. And then you may level up. And then they're back up, hard charging, hard charging, and then they crashed. And so that's something to pay attention to as well if you want to avoid burnout is you want to you want to be able to go like this with your work and your energy rather than like this. So those are a few things off the top of my head. So I'm going to jump on the last one there. Um, is that not the whole life? of a business owner or entrepreneur to be rocky or if it's rocky, it means that there are things that needs to be, that need to be put in place to stabilize those ups and down. It could be within, within cell, within oneself. It could be health. It could be externally. It could be uh, looking for partners, delegating and all that kind of stuff. I'm just curious to know what you take, what you take on, on that. Yeah. From my experience and also from the people that I work with, I find it to be very individual. So I would, you know, for me personally, it was the internal energy. So that was something I had to pay attention to. But there are also the external factors to pay attention to as well as how can I delegate? Am I clear enough in what's happening so that I can be clear enough to delegate to someone and know it will get done properly? So that's another thing. And that takes energy and that takes time. How clear am I about where I'm going and what needs to be done and how easily can I hand that off to someone? Yeah. If if I were to ask you, what's the profile of your typical client? Uh, what do they look like? I mean, obviously they're midlife, right? But as far as occupation, as far as, far as activity slash stress level, what is the typical makeup and what problems or challenges that it come to you about 
I understand you mentioned a couple of things, but I just want to know if that was more you or more them. So first question is, what's the profile? And second one is, what are the challenges or the symptoms, as I like to call it, of uh, them looking for somebody like you? Yeah. So, you know, not really on purpose, but the profile of my clients are business owners and uh, men and women. They are in their midlife. So there's actually one who's not, he's super young and he's a, he's a hard charging business owner, but the other folks are. And what brings them to me is they need clarity on how to spend their time in the best way to be most efficient to get what they want out of their business. And so as a business owner, there's a lot of moving parts. And some of them have no staff, some of them have staff. And they're figuring out, you know, I know where they all know where their North Star is. They're all headed towards their North Star. So they're not coming to me for that. But what they are actually discovering with me is their purpose in that. Because as business owners, they have an idea, they want, they know what they want to do, but what they're discovering with me is actually what their purpose is in it. So then they can decide how they use their energy and then what they are going to delegate out and, and who they're going to choose for that. So it's really interesting to help. They discover that they're not meant to do all of it. Got it. So without revealing all of your sauce and all of your magic, can you just give me a, a hint, uh, tip of the ice, type of um, secrets of how you help them navigate through that and more importantly what does their life look like when they've when they're done working with you yeah um so i you know this this isn't giving too much away i don't think but like any good coaching relationship there's an agreement on what it is you know i get a really good understanding of why someone wants coaching and we also go into a discovery. So I really take the first two sessions and we just uncover all kinds of stuff because I want to know all the pieces that are out there. And it helps me because I'm not in their head and I can, I can see what pieces are there even though they may not consider any of them relevant, right? But it turns out that they could be and oftentimes they are. So, and there's a lot of connection in terms of if you increase your health priorities, you might actually increase your time management to be more efficient because it's connected to your health priorities. So anyway, so that's what we do. We do what I call discovery. And then <clears throat> we figure out what the most important thing is to work on because a lot of things will come up. And I ask them, so... I'm not one of those coaches that I'm not a mentor and I'm not an advisor. So I don't tell people what to do. I ask really powerful questions to get people thinking about why it is they're doing what they're doing or why it is they're thinking about the things the way they are. And what happens is we identify values. We identify, you know, connect that to the North Star. It then is as we move through the purpose and their superpower. So I'm really a big fan of uncovering your superpower. And so I, and it's just so fun for me. I love to be like, oh my God, there's your superpower. And they're like, oh my God. So um, really honing in on that superpower and then understanding. And that's how you get to, you know, what is it that I'm doing and what is it that I need help or, or, you know, so what they end up walking away with when they work with me is a clear sense of how they're going to use their time, their purpose, their superpower, and um, you know the next step. So when someone leaves me, they have their next steps in place so that they can keep implementing because action is the most important thing. Taking action and learning as you go is where you're going to learn. And so people take action with me for a couple months and then they're off on their own. Got it. Uh, thanks for that. That makes sense. Now I want to come back to 
what you said earlier about your coaching. You have a bunch of uh, letters after your name, so certification, programmed, and all that. Yeah, I'm always curious to know what are the inputs into your life that one uh, uh, drew you or push you, however you want to look at it, towards the coaching life. That's one. And two, what are the principles, the philosophies, the uh, maybe the mentors, the ideas that really served as an input to make you who you are, not as a person, but as a coach. So I always love to to hear the influences that, because uh, in my mind, influences do uh, make up who we are, no matter if it's family, professionally, um, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. So much good stuff there. So the, I'll start with all the letters behind my name and how I landed on coaching. So I recognized a long time ago that exercise was really important to me, which meant, and you know, and that was, you know, why. well, it helped me be mentally, um, balanced, right? It was, I was a little bit more centered when I would exercise. And so that was kind of the beginning. I was, I felt it. It was a felt sense. And, and as the years went by, I recognized that our bodies, our, they're the ultimate gift that we have in this world. And they send us messages all the time. And we learn from them all the time if we're paying attention. And so that's where I'm really interested in the work that I do. And I, since I was so interested in the body, of course, I was drawn to yoga. I was then drawn to yoga therapy. And the reason I ended up going into coaching is because the action piece is so important if transformation is going to take place. And in those other pieces, they're beautiful and they're wonderful, but there's no one asking what are you going to do with this information? How are you going to be different moving forward? How can I support you in that? Right? So in coaching, that's what I do. And I love it. And I bring those other aspects of kind of, I call it this, it's somatic experiencing, you know, taking time to breathe, recognizing where there's sensations in the body and using the breath as a way to connect the mind to the body so that there's really kind of a centeredness and that's where we tap into our inner wisdom. So as a coach, I work to support people to not just think their way out of a problem. And I understand that there's a lot of thinkers out there and there's, and then I'm not, I don't want to be down on thinking. So I think too, but if we pay attention when our mind is quiet that's when the inspiration comes. That's when the insight shows up. You know, just bef right before we were on this call, my mind was quiet and I was like, oh, that's the thing, you know? And so we just have to create that space for that. And in coaching, we create the space for that. So it's really magical in that way. Um, okay. So does that answer that, that first part? It does, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then... The the second one, which what could you yeah, repeat the, that? Absolutely. The second one was was more of the close to the first one, but the influences that you that uh influences slash inputs that make you I guess different as a coach or make you as a unique coach, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I I mean, I guess, you know, to be super transparent, you know, my influences are definitely coming from the Buddhist tradition and, um, but uh, among others, right? So Brene Brown is a huge influence for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of meditation teachers out there, but then, you know, funny enough, one of the other influences for me is Jillian Michaels because she's just a badass and I would do her workouts and she'd be yelling at me, you know, and, uh, I really dug it. And so, and she was also talking about how transformation is not a destination. It is a commitment to a practice of whatever is important to you every day. That's how transformation comes. 
And I think where I like to be, I might be unique as a coach because I don't tell people this is all going to be better in six months. That's not real. And I'm not going to pretend and I'm not going to tell you and try and sell you a program that's like, this is going to be fixed in six months. This is the beginning of your practice that's going to take you into transformation for the rest of your life. Transformation that keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. You never arrive. And so that's what I like to talk about is like, we're always practicing and you're never done. Pardon the interruption. This podcast is brought to you by Ellos Growth, the client acquisition partner for ambitious business coaches and consultants who want to grow their business by attracting their ideal client rather than chasing after them. So if you want to differentiate yourself and elevate yourself from others in your industry, and you want to expand your reach and visibility in your specific target market, go ahead and click in the description of the video or the show notes to go ahead and watch a video on how you can achieve just that. Now let's get back into the show. So am I hearing then, Darcy, that if I were to come to you, it would be, so I have this tension slash problem slash discomfort. I come to you at the end of our relationship. Um, it would not be, I would not be a new person, transformed person, but rather I would have entered a journey of transformation that will continue far beyond our relationship. Absolutely. Six months is no time, right? Six months, you're, you will leave knowing your practice. You will leave knowing like all the noise of what Eris is supposed to do. Like you're supposed to do this and this and this, but we take all the noise out and we find your way. What's important to you and you move forward with your path and, and, and it's yours to practice. And if you want to keep you know, coaching with me, I would always be happy to keep working with you. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I, as part of that, if I'm in my midlife, successful business, successful family, uh, good health, but something is missing, that our encounter would probably open my eyes into some areas that I was either overlooking or I need to work on so that I can continue working on those. Okay. Um, I also want to come back to what you said earlier around nervous system. Can you expand on the importance of what the nervous system uh, impact is on what you do for your clients? Absolutely. So, so the nervous system is our huge messenger, like I was talking about. So we get messages all the time from our nervous system and we're in this this window, right? And we can be up and down in this window. And this is where we're really functional. And so when I'm working with clients, we'll, we'll be playing within that window. And every once in a while, you know, I'll see someone really below it or I'll see someone really above it. So they're activated, heart rate's up, they're stressed out or they're below it. They're really like depressed and energy's low. And what I do is we really kind of acknowledge what is happening in the moment. Because if we ignore it, it's going to continue to go that way. So when someone, like I had a client, I'll just use an example. I had a client come in a couple weeks ago. He practically ran into the door, right? And ran into his seat and sat down. He's super activated. And I asked him, I said, would it be okay if we start a little bit differently today? Because usually he's just like, blah, 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 tell me everything. So can we start a little bit differently today? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And so I had him feel his seat, feel his feet on the floor, feel his hands on his lap. And I guided him through four slow, deep breaths. And by the time he was done with that, I asked him, how are you feeling right now? And he said, wow, I am a lot more calm right now. And so what I like to do is to provide the tools 
for people to be able to regulate themselves so that they can come back and be like, okay, I'm still feeling it, but at least I'm a little bit closer to this window. And then it's not the lizard driving the bus, right? It's not, you know, this deep primal piece that's that's driving us. We're now back in the frontal cortex and we're able to make decisions. We're in our executive decision-making space. And then we're able to have, you know, you can be creative, you can have ideas, you can be reflective. So it brings you into that that space where you can really do some work. And so, and I'm much like the mind and the the nervous system, these are not things that we want to be like, oh, dang it, I'm my mind isn't quiet. Rah, you know, or oh dang it, my nervous system's freaking out. It's like, okay, this is happening right now. And acknowledge it. That's all. And then once you acknowledge it, it is, it's not a, a scary thing anymore. And it's not, it's not ruling us and running us anymore. So it's a really important piece to recognize. And I'm myself and a few of my friends were super nerdy because we're just like talking about how we're outside the window and then how long it took us to get back and just having that awareness around these are our reactions and they honestly don't have anything to do with the outside world. It's us reacting to the outside world, but the outside world's neutral. It doesn't even care about us, right? So we got to own this and be responsible for it. Yeah, that's a very good one, um, the outside world. Not. It really has to do with the level of awareness that you need to have because you you have to be aware of just that, first of all, that nobody cares about you. Only, only, <laughs> right. only you care about yourself, and your perceptions, uh, perception of life, will dictate how you're going to uh, respond or not. Uh, that that's deep, and that's that's big. But I want to go back to what you just said around the person, the the client, I think, that came into your door and they had to run that exercise. Can you share a story, if you want to, about your most beautiful or amazing transformation that you you basically led yeah it was just recently actually um and it was it had to do with purpose uh, it was with well it actually how it had to do with how the values connected to the decision making that this client was making and um so, and he's a very values driven human. So he was trying to make some decisions about, do I do this thing? Do I do that thing? It's very much in his head. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Darcy, tell me what to do, right? That's classic, you know, and I will never tell someone what to do because I don't want that responsibility. Um, but see, so he's going on and on and I, I, we'd already kind of done that values exercise. We'd already done, you know, the purpose, but as happens, we forget, right? We're in the decision-making mode and we forget what's the right thing to do, what's the right thing to do. And I asked him, how does this decision connect to your deepest value? And I didn't even name it because he knows it. And he said, oh my God, I know what my decision is. Because he knew how it connected to his value. Mm -hmm. And it was so beautiful because I watched him settle. I watched him kind of relax. And yeah, it was it was pretty cool to watch him in that moment. I'll come back to, to that, but how do I know my deepest or discover my deepest value? Because I, my, my thinking is that my values at 20 is probably going to be different as what I value at 30 is at, at 30, sorry, or at 50, probably at 80 or 120, 120 years old if I get there. But <laughs> You'll make it. You look great. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So yeah, how to identify with, with certainty, right? Because I can have some mm -hmm. inches. For example, somebody could say, okay, once you have a family, that's because that becomes that your highest values, maybe, maybe not, or maybe in your 20 you're trying to prove yourself or you're trying to, whatever the case may be, but the question remains, how do I identify my value 
high value or die values with certainty? Yeah, I think it's an exercise because our values do change over time. And I think it's a really good thing to check in on every 10 years, right? Because we're we're changing and evolving. And certainly my values are much different than they used to be. So there's a values exercise to go through. And everybody's different in terms of uh, how they exist in the world. Some people are very kinesthetic. Other people are very thinking. Other people are feeling. Um, you know, so how that lands for you is going to be very individual. But I do ask the question, when we go through something like this, how is that landing in your body? Because our bodies don't lie. And so when you feel the yes, usually it's a pretty strong feeling. And if you feel the no, and you can play with that, right? You can play with um, those feelings in terms of, and I'm not talking about feelings like feeling sad or feeling happy. It's really kind of a deep, deeper, more visceral feeling where it's like, hell yes. You know, do, am I going to start my business? Hell yes, I'm going to start my business. Absolutely. Right. Do you want to go back to that nine to five job? Hell no. Right. So these are the ways to practice with that. And so then we look at values, like I can share with my values, you know, my values are inclusivity, um, authenticity, curiosity, kindness, like these things matter to me so much. They are part of what makes up my business, right? So that's how you know these values are your values because they are integrated into the thing that you're building. They're supporting the thing that you're building. What are the things that do influence the value system? What I mean by that is if you're a person that travels a lot, that discover different cultures or to travel through a lot of different businesses, let's just say if you're a business consultant or if you're uh, just a consultant, would that um, impact your value system? Or if you have a value, if you realize you value something that you're not proud of, whatever it is, can that be influenced or changed or architected or engineered? That's a great question. I mean, when you ask about, you know, the person who travels um, maybe does a lot of consulting and, and hops around quite a bit. You know, I would ask, you know, is adventure a value for you? Is connecting with different people at different levels a value for you? Is being a problem solver and being creative around how you can help a value for you. Like I'm hearing values when you describe that, you know, I'm like, Ooh, there's some really good stuff there. You know, I think in terms of values that you may not be proud of, I would almost rephrase that as habits that you no longer want to continue in your life. Right? Like if it's not a value for you, it's not your value. Well, Maybe then I could jump in right now and ask you, okay, what's the what's the value? What's the core value? Because a lot of people and organization uh, talk a lot about core value. We have to go back to that to assess what we want to do. If we're happy, if we're balanced, if we will live in, if we're living with uh, the wellness. But I, I'm I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm I don't know what value means, right? Am I family oriented? Am I deep? Because yeah, so I'd love to hear your thoughts around um, what's value, because value sometimes yeah. is a or should be, as we are told, a parameters parameter. Sorry for making decision, uh, assessing our wellness, that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I really appreciate this question because I was in an organization that had, you know, these core values. It didn't mean anything. 
it did not mean anything in that organization. So I was like, what? Like, I care about values. I know that, you know, if I'm, if I'm starting to veer off of how, what it, what I value, I start feeling bad, right? I start feeling like, oh, that, that's not good, you know, and that's how I know, right? So when I come back into alignment with my values, I'm feeling good, like honesty, integrity, um, inclusivity. Like if I'm not practicing those things, I feel bad. And that's how you know that's your value. And it's really something to investigate. It's like, oh, okay. And that's how you can actually identify it. If, if there's something you're feeling bad about or not feeling great about, dig into that. It's like, okay, this event happened. Here's the, here's the way things played out. I don't feel good about that. Something is there to help you discover what is important to you. So when I'm feeling hurt or an injustice has been taking place and I really dig into that, I can discover what's important to me. And, wh- and that tells me why I'm hurt because that, that wasn't happening for me. What really mattered to me wasn't happening for me, which is why I hurt. So that's, it's kind of reverse engineering to get into your value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, as you're uh, speaking, as you're talking, um, it's getting me thinking, but uh, I'll get out, out of my head. I won't stay in my head too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the, you, you mentioned earlier, beautiful transformation that you helped um, achieve. Let's talk about the most difficult transformation um, or maybe the most challenging or maybe the one that, uh, yeah, that was not the sexiest. If you will. Yeah, for sure. There's there's a couple. Um and it's tough, right? Because we we can be so good at holding ourselves back. And we can be so good at limiting our options because we think we know, right? So I think, you know, knowledge itself can be dangerous because if we think we know, we've lost all our options. That because there's an infinite amount of options out there. And so I think the hardest, I, or not the hardest, I think maybe the more challenging piece that I come across with clients is, is black and white thinking. Uh, got it. Yeah. It's, it's this way. It's this way. It's this way, you know, and it's because if, if this happens, then that will happen. You know, and and so for me to help open up the field, my client has to be in a place where they're interested in the field opening. They have to be, or you do help them become that uh, person that's open and willing to take new information in. Yeah, I think that's the agreement when we start our coaching, right? It's like, that's... I'm very upfront about that. So there'll be times when I call it being stuck or, you know, you just, you're so sure of yourself, right? And I've been there too. I've been so sure of myself that I'd bet my life on it, right? I remember one time I was like, I'm so sure of myself. I bet my life on it. I was wrong. I was so wrong. So I'm like, okay, this is going to happen to everybody. Um, So the agreement is, you know, is it okay for me to come in and challenge the black and white thinking and they're ready for it. If someone's not ready for it, I won't do it Got because it. it's not going to work. Because, you know, as human beings, sometimes we lie to ourselves and we say, hey, we are ready for it. But come when it's time to face the situation, you realize, oh, in reality, either I was not ready for it or I don't want to be ready for it. So Right, uh, right. And I meet people where they're at. So if someone's like, I'm not ready for this, I'll be like, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. You're not ready for this. No. Um, but I will remind them, we have this conversation and there is an agreement. Are you still okay with me, you know, kind of challenging this space right now? And they'll say yes or no. You know, most of the time they'll say yes. Everyone says yes, but... like remember you agreed (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, but there has to be an agreement and i think that's the part of coaching that's really special is that i'm with that client the entire way 
and checking in. And because if they're not ready, like we talked about, their nervous system will go way out the window and there's no work to be done anyway. What is the, uh, what are the top three across, if you look, if you look back in your rearview mirror, so to speak, and you look at the top three challenges or even mistakes that your clients, midlife client, that, let's talk about the high performers, the business owners, et cetera. What are the three challenges or misconceptions or mistake that wrong that you've seen them face with? Yeah. You know, one, one of the things that I have found interesting with the high performing clients is a lot of times they think they're very unique in their high performance. Right? No one else is like them. And it's an interesting space to watch someone be in. And I certainly would never tell someone that they're not unique and that they're not. But as I'm coaching them, they're managing the same challenges and the same, you know, struggles as, uh, as anybody. And so I, that's an area that I really am more curious about around this exceptionalism that I'm seeing. Um, and it's not, and, and I think, you know, and they wouldn't say that, but what I have had clients come to me about is they want to be humble. They want to be they humble wanna, or they want to be humbled. They, yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause in order to be humble, you have to be humbled a little bit. Um, but that is a fear that a couple of my clients have, and they are high-performing, amazing businessmen, and um, they don't want to be a-holes. Mm. And they're afraid they're going to turn into a-holes and lose connection with people because they're, they're so successful. And so that's something that we're working with. Um, and the other thing that I see is, is time management and delegating. That is a real big challenge for a couple of the people that I'm working with. Okay, perfect. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Anything else you, you I mean, the, the this show is all about growing, scaling your business without losing your sanity. By sanity, I mean harmony, balance. Um, so your health, you want to have Peak health. You want to have the beautiful relationships with your colleagues, with your uh, uh, partner, with your family, with your friends. But also, you want to hit those amazing goals and ambitious goals. Within that context, anything else you've seen that you think could be valuable for us to be mindful of? Absolutely. I think, and you really kind of almost summed it up right there. In order to hit those goals, and in order to be a really you know, and I, I don't want to make too many assumptions here, but I, if you want to have a purpose-led uh, company and business, take care of yourself and take care of your people, and that business will flourish. And when you put your values into that company, you better mean it because your staff and your employees will know when you don't, and you will lose them, right? So that's what I would say. I'm actually thinking now, because you mentioned the word purpose a couple of times, but how, where should purpose of a company come from? Should it come from, because I mean, the purpose technically could be, hey, I want to make an extra million every quarter. Yep. <laughs> that could be a purpose. Yep. Yep. Is there is there a right or wrong, or is there a real or less real purpose, or all purpose or equally value? Uh, What's the word? Yeah, valuable, I guess, I'm trying to say. Yeah, I would say purpose is neutral, right? And so it is it, it is whatever it means for the company or the individual. Um, but that is, it's, it's almost like um, it's your own fingerprint in terms of what, why you're here on this planet. And so you have to know into your purpose. And I'll never forget going to um, a conference and there was a 
speaker. He was a dancer. And he did like pop. Uh, it was like snap pop dancing. I forget what it's called. Anyways, it was it was amazing. He was an amazing dancer. And when he was done, he was talking. He's like, I'm living my purpose. Right? And you could see it. It was like, yeah, yes, he is. <laughs> right. You know, and so it's really individual. You know, if your purpose is to go out and make a million dollars, good on you. If you know that that's your purpose. If your purpose is like me, my purpose is to share my life lessons and have those help me be a really good coach and help people, then that's, you know, that's my purpose. Um, but my purpose has changed over the years. Got it. Yeah. So as we're about to wrap it up here, the, you mentioned your influences, you mentioned your purpose, you mentioned who you help. Is there anything else that, because I'm always looking for unique voices, unique perspectives, even though they are the most, I don't want to say controversial, but not the most uh, common one. Is there anything, professional or not professionally, sorry about you, that you deeply believe in, but most or a lot of people around you look at you like, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah. 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 You know, I... And the, the answer could be no. I'm pretty, pretty, you know, balanced or normal. <laughs> not normal, but yeah. You know. No, I'm not balanced or normal. I mean, that's the. Uh... <laughs> I didn't say that though. I didn't mean you to say. Yeah. And but I mean, I did make people uncomfortable in my job, right? Because when I was working the nine to five, because I think what makes me unique and what I really believe in is that we are the wise ones. We really are, and we have forgotten it, and we have moved away from it and become separate. And only in community and in being honest and loving ourselves, deep, deep love for ourselves and for our community, can we come back to that wisdom and be humble in it? That's what I believe. Thank you very much. This was a great conversation. Thank you, Eric. I'd love to uh, leave us with how can people find out more about you if I'm in a, my midlife and I'm a high performer and I'm having this tension or these questions or whatever the case may be, how can we learn more about you? Yeah, well, you can go to my website. That's the main spot. So it's risingphoenixmt.com. And then you can also find me on um, Instagram, Rising Phoenix MT, and also on Facebook. Um, you can just find me, Darcy Warden, on Facebook. Beautiful. I put all these resources uh, in the description box below this video for those who are watching on Facebook and those who are listening. It'll be in the show notes. Thank you very much, Darcy. Appreciate you and take care. Thank you.